Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Happy long weekend. Woohoo! <laughs> it's good to see your faces, or some of them almost, uh, in the bright lights. It's good to be together and worship Jesus together. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit, that he left his Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to, to dwell on the inside of us, but also to fill us and empower us to go and share the good news of the kingdom with those around us. So this month we have been working on our, we've been focusing on loving our city, which is not just for a month. <laughs> Like Christmas is not just to celebrate one day a year. <laughs> we we want to love our city with you know each day, each moment of the day for until we're taken home to glory or Jesus comes back again. But we just felt like over the summer to really focus in on loving our city. And the main passage that the Lord gave us for that was in Jeremiah 29. And I'm going to read it just to refresh your memory, and then I'll introduce these beautiful people beside me. So if you want to turn to Jeremiah 29, and I'm going to start in verse 4 and read to verse 7. So it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who is also our God, <laughs> to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. So there's this principle of, of planting ourselves, being planted in a place, even though at times we may feel like an exile or a foreigner, well, it's right that we do because we're all citizens of heaven. So we are, in a sense, aliens on this planet, but carrying the kingdom of God. But it's right for us to be planted here in Toronto for this season or wherever the Lord has you and to multiply and be fruitful in, in that place. So in this place. But it says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And there's this whole um, kind of principle in the Lord of as we plant ourselves and we allow Him to plant us and we, we press in to His heart for where He's got us, whether it's our workplace, our neighbourhood um, and our school, our university, whatever it is, and and get established in the Lord there that He wants us to pray for for our our region, to pray for our workplace, to pray for where He's got us planted, and to seek the good, seek the welfare of of where He has us, and in that place we'll be blessed as we seek to bless. And we also pulled in that, that passage from Luke 10 about where we 
where we bless and speak love and honour over our colleagues and our neighbours and our families and those who are different to us and maybe don't know the Lord yet, that we, that we bless them and we fellowship and have hospitality, which is creating that welcome of the Father that, that the Father created for us, that extending that to the world around us in this house, but also in our households where we live and also in the, in our workplaces and in this city. And, and then we fellowship with one another and we meet people's needs and we preach the gospel as well because we know that the Lord has a great harvest in this region and He wants us to participate with Him. And so that's part of what we've been focusing on this this month. And I just want to give you all a big shout out. We've heard of lots of testimonies of, of just how the Father has been impacting your neighbours through you or your workplace or just as you've blessed and prayed for or you've met someone's needs or you've, you've um, stepped out and shared the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And we've heard stories coming in of how the Father's been using you. And so I just want to give you a shout out and say, well done, church family for being amazing. And I want to say, keep going, <laughs> keep going in sharing the love of the Father through by the Holy Spirit. And we have people in our in our community who have uh, who are doing incredible things in serving and loving the poor and the broken and the wealthy and everyone in between and and it's wonderful and if you want to learn some more I, I don't have time to go into it today and and kind of recognize and mention all of these people um, but I just want to say well done and say thank you a massive thank you from the father for all that you're doing. And, and I just, um, if you want to find out a little bit more about some stories that we have of what, what the Lord's doing through people, you can go to Catch the Fire TV. You can download that app and you can look at, um, we have a series about um, walking in your calling. And, and that's part of seeking the welfare of the city is finding your place in the story of God and, and being yourself in the marketplace and out in the schools and out wherever he has you. And so we have stories of what the Lord's doing through people on our Catch the Fire TV in that series. So you can go and check it out. Anyway, so back to these beautiful people. I'm going to introduce them and then we're just going to have a little chat and share each one of them. I've invited because they're carrying something that, that they're uh, walking in, um, in the areas that we've been talking about. And they just have wisdom and stories to share. So we're going to open up a dialogue and it'll be great. So I just would like to first of all introduce George over here. George is a long-standing member of Catch the Fire. His wife, Heidi, is on our board. She was here for the last meeting. They are a fantastic family. They are business people and they are absolute lovers of God and then lovers of people. And they have an incredible gift of hospitality and making people feel welcome. And I've had the privilege of being invited into their home and, and I, felt, I felt like I was part of the family. So they just have such a gift and in sharing the kingdom of God it, it's that naturally supernatural, you know, just being themselves. So welcome, George. <laughs> yes. And then we have Sam and Rishika here. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we have, you can, that's some of their connect group that are cheering them on. These guys are amazing. They <laughs> They're probably the newest, the newest to the, to the crew here, but they have just, the father's doing some incredible things through them in um, building and establishing a connect group of young adults. And they're just seeing it flourish and grow by just creating a space of welcome. And it is wonderful. And so we're, we're celebrating. They'll share a little bit about that um, as, as we're sharing, but they're, they're great. And then I also want to just give a big warm welcome to Garth and Mary. Yes. So Garth is also one of our board members and Garth and Mary are business people. They have been around and faithful, just sharing the love of Jesus boldly. I would say this is one thing in my experience, particularly with Garth, but I think Mary is the same. They carry a boldness to to just share the good news of Jesus and they are not ashamed to do so wherever they go. And I just know there's gonna be many people in heaven that, that you probably don't even realise because you've just shared with them. And so they, there's a lot of wealth and wisdom in them to, you know, and, and they've got testimonies that they also serve on boards. And one of those boards is Teen Challenge, which is an amazing ministry that, that really help people to come out of addiction and life controlling issues. And so they may share a little bit about that. They're also incredibly hospitable because, um, the, am I right or am I wrong? Yes, you are very hospitable. Sorry, you're looking at me, God, like I may have said something. No, I also, they are very hospitable as well. I, I don't know if you remember a, a number of years ago when we were visiting, I think you had one of our daughters sleep over at your house when Duncan and Kate were there. I'm like, strangers, they welcome the strangers. <laughs> anyway, so let's just give them a big welcome too. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to start with a general question today. We're going to open it up with what does seeking the welfare of the city mean to you guys? What does that look like for you in your life? And, and how does that manifest? What, what do you think of and what do you guys do in terms of in your, your sphere of influence in, in seeking the welfare of the place that the Father has you. So I'm going to start here with George. That's it. Thank you, Ash and uh, Mary, for giving us the opportunity to be here to share our hearts with you. Um, Seeking the welfare of the community or seeking the welfare of the city has been part of my life wherever I've been. Um, I've been privileged enough to travel to so many countries, both from work and uh, other personal trips. And everywhere I went, I made sure that I established some foundation of the law there. So there's always been a cell group there and I had cell group in virtually almost every country that I've been. Um, so when I met my wife, then in London, Ontario, another auspicious situation, uh, through this same cell group approach, she became a Christian. And, <laughs> 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 and so she became part of my ministry. 
And that meant that uh, wherever we went, we had cell group. So we got married in Ottawa, we had a cell group there. We went to Netherlands from there. Uh, we had a cell group in Netherlands. Then we went to Germany, we had a cell group in Germany. And so when we returned to Canada, it was natural that we were going to have a cell group. And so when we joined this church in 1998, at that time there was no cell group in this church. Um, we were the first people to have our own cell group. It was private. It wasn't even recognized by the church. And so that for me has been really the meaning of reaching out to the community. And the cell group that we set up is always an outreach cell group. Reach out to the community where we lived. And so it always, almost always lead to evangelization and loving people around us. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll pause here and add a Yeah, excellent. Thank you. How about you guys, Sam, Rishika? Thank you, Ashton Ray, for this opportunity. Yeah. So Rishika and I, we run a connect group for the young adults. Uh, when we started, uh, we, the vision God gave us is to help young people grow in the identity of God, the unique identity that God has given each one of them. Uh, we really didn't know how to go about it, but then we realized all we, all we need to do is say yes to God and start, and we started and we are learning. Uh, we learned to do it through fellowship, through creating an environment that will value people, and through grooming leaders, and we are truly growing in numbers, not just numbers, but also we are seeing uh, God raise leaders, we are seeing people grow in maturity, in boldness, in a, in a very rapidly short time. So, so we are just so thankful to God for this opportunity, and we are so joyful to see what God's been doing through the group. Thank you. Excellent. They have a great group and they've really created a great space. Garth, how about you guys? What, what does seeking the welfare of the city mean to you in, yep, you can, is it on? You might, you might need to push it up to switch it on. Here, come. Hello? There we go. Yay! <laughs> I was gonna say Houston, we have a problem. Um, well, thank you very much for that. Uh, we know George very well. It's nice to meet Sam and Rashika. I, I know I speak for both of us that uh, for us, um, well, Jesus commanded we're to let our light shine. And he didn't say let it shine on Sunday and the weekend and then you turn it off, particularly in the workplace. Um, and so we're very bold in our witness of the faith, both of us. And indeed, uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Mary, this beautiful lady here, because she had the, she had an encounter with Jesus seven years before I did. Um, and it was her witness uh, of Jesus in her, without her batting me over the head with a Bible or what have you, that led me ultimately to think there might be something in this. And that led to my encounter uh, with Jesus in my mid-30s in a church in Montreal. So um, seeking the welfare of the city to, to me, to us, is letting our light shine everywhere. Uh, maybe Mary, I'm sure, will share some stories in the workplace. Um, I'm very uh, big on sharing my faith. I don't know if you want to get into that right now, but uh, I do, and a lot of people are intimidated doing that. We'll get into that in a minute, sure. Yeah, you can. I'll, I'll, I will say one thing. Thank you, Ash, so much for inviting us. What a privilege. 
I think we have so many testimonies. It would take so much time of what uh, the Holy Spirit has done through us. And you can trust the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, you know, peace I give to you. Do you remember when he spoke to the disciples and said, as the Father sent me, I have sent you. And he didn't leave you orphans uh, when he was raised from the dead and uh, returned to the Father. He gave the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, to dwell with us, to give us power. In fact, he even said, don't even think of going out to witness to me until you receive the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is risen from the dead, and when we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we demonstrate that he's risen from the dead. So someone might have another, they might have a different religion, they might be, uh, we've seen Muslims receive Jesus and so on, because they have their book. Everybody has a book uh, in these different groups. But Jesus is risen from the dead, and when he works through you, you don't have to do it. You just have to be obedient to share, and he will show up and signs will follow, and they will know that our Jesus is incomparable. He's risen from the dead, and he lives, and he will reign forever. Excellent. We're getting straight to it. <laughs> okay, so, so that's kind of the general of the city or the, you know, the understanding who we are in Christ helps us to be able to go and, and seek the welfare and share the love of God. But it, it often starts with the one or the, the person who, who is in front of us in either in the, inside the community or outside of the four walls of the church. It's both really. Because as we impact people within this community, then they impact also others outside. And there's like this multiplication that happens. But one of the things that we've also been talking about was creating that welcome and, and hospitality and the importance of that in seeking the welfare of our city. So how have you guys practiced hospitality to cultivate relationship with people rather than going straight, rather than going straight to preaching? How have you created that space of welcome? And I'm gonna give this back to George again. You can just leave them on. I think the team will mute them when, we need, when it's needed. For us, our home is open to everybody. In fact, there's always a bed available for a visitor in our house. Watch out, they're going to come to you afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we moved in there, we decided that that was going to be a place of God for people to walk in. And so we've always had somebody living in our basement. And not only just that, we extend that hospitality to our street. And so we live in a court of about 28 houses and we are at a vantage point. And so the very first year we moved in, we brought everyone in the court to our backyard for a party. And that was to get to know each other. And from then on, We've done it almost every year, with the exception of COVID, yes. And so during the COVID years, we couldn't do it. And post-COVID, we had it. And anytime we have this party, we block the entire street. And all the neighbors will come out with something. And then we'll just play music, eat, and fellowship with one another. And not only just that, we are, I have personally also visit some of the people. I know all of the people in the court and some of their children as well. But we visit them to pray with them. They are now 
old people in the court getting older and older. And I visit them to pray with them and to let them know that God is on their side, that God will not forsake them. In some cases, they are Muslims, and we still share with them the love of God. Um, so this, we think, is always important to extend that courtesy to others, whether they are Muslims, they are Hindus, Punjabis, etc., etc. And we have all of them, about almost 40 people, 40 different nations on our court. So we try to extend that hospitality to all of them. I love that. That's so good. That's excellent. What I love to hear is the intentionality and the time investment that, that they're prioritizing to actually love people in, who are nearby them and maybe different to them. That's fantastic. Rishika, how about you guys? What does, you know, how do you practice hospitality to cultivate relationship in your connect group and... Firstly, I, I, this was really encouraging, like what George said, you know, we just open our homes and even today they're open to everybody. And I think it started for us right from there when we decided to say a yes and open our homes to people. And then there were just small little things like welcoming people with a smile. We, we do not know them. We, we know nothing about their backgrounds. But then we decided to open our arms and welcome them, be the same people every time or new people. Uh, we were pretty intentional in putting efforts to make sure, you know, they're valued, like uh, preparing a small meal for them, just, just being a little mindful if they have any dietary restrictions, any food allergies, just checking on them, how their week was, you know, just telling them that we thought of them during the week. Uh, we're pretty intentional again of a thing like fellowship. We spend around 30 to 40 minutes of our connect group initially to, you know, let people mingle around, let them know each other with, you know, with uh, last six months, we've got so many new people coming in and each time there's somebody new, you know, it just rocks the boat. But then we give them the little time to know about each other for, you know, everybody to connect, just, just go ahead, talk to people. And I think that plays a major role. And uh, lastly, I would say that we, when we started the group, we wanted to make sure that everybody who comes in, you know, feels, feels comfortable to be themselves. So that's one reason we have always wanted to encourage people and, you know, not just try correcting them or letting them know this is how things should be done or this is how we got to move. So that atmosphere of encouraging them, letting them be themselves is something that just lets them, you know, grow more and more confident and feel that, you know what, all they have to do is just be themselves to everybody out there, whomever they meet. So, yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. I love that. Mary, how, do you have something you want to share? I'm so glad, George and uh, Rashika, that you reminded me. When we moved into our neighborhood, it's now almost 20 years ago, we're still in the same neighborhood. We had the idea of having a Christmas party and inviting absolutely everyone in our neighborhood. And I forget how many, uh, you know, within a block or two uh, people, and we were so uh, interested in getting to know people and to share God's love with them. We thought the best way was to have a, and we did it for a few years, so that we could get to know the neighbors, and it was a brand new neighborhood. Uh, so almost everybody had moved in within a year of one another, and it was ideal. And what we did is we uh, had a worship team, a friend of ours, Michael, Mike came, and he set up a band, and he played a mix of uh, Christmas carols, uh, worship songs, secular songs. 
And we just had an amazing time. And we did that for quite, you know, quite a few years until that helped us cement relationships. And we just love getting out and sharing with the neighborhood. Um, we, had, um, we had cell groups for a long time in our house, uh, some from this church. And also when we were at a, you know, lived downtown for a while, uh, we also invited people into alpha courses and things like that. And then as we moved back to Mississauga, we somehow got involved in Followers Mission and did that for 16 years of reaching out to the city that way and going down once a month to both preach, share. We, we thought we'd cook food, but they seemed to want us to speak and to minister. But anyway, it was a real blessing to us. And it, it's helped us reach out. We talk to our neighbors all the time and pray for them, uh, pray with them, uh, have people in the backyard. The last three years has been difficult. And actually, we ended up for more than a year in Barbados, where we also have another home. So we just did the same thing in Barbados, which are a little bit more open than some of the restrictions we've had here in Canada, but we're looking forward to opening our, we've had a lot of family. Uh, so reaching out to family has been a big deal for us. We have nine grandchildren and uh, four children who all have spouses. So thank you. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, that's brilliant. I just love the practical and the intentional theme that's coming through and even just your, the heart for family and because it starts with our family, doesn't it? Uh, sharing the good news with our family. Okay, so how have you guys seen, and I'm gonna start with you, Garth, here. How have you seen the kingdom of God operating in your sphere, you know, where the Lord's had you? Maybe in the workplace or, or in, you know, if you're sitting on a board somewhere. How have you seen the kingdom of God? Do you have any uh, testimony that you'd like to share or... Um, something that you'd like to share with us, um, just the, about the kingdom of God breaking in um, to wherever He has you. Is there anything that you want to share? <laughs> Garth, have you got anything you'd like to share? Um, it's an interesting way of putting the question, Ash. Uh, I was just thinking that Mary and I have the habit, we're very fixated on people who are not yet believers. We spend most of our life in the company of people who are not yet believers, and we believe we've been called to share our faith with them. Uh, and so we do that all the time, like uh, I, every day. Um, I, should, I don't know if Mary Audrey Raycroft is here today, but Mary Audrey put me onto this little book. And um, we were with a... Uh, a weight person the other day and said, do you know what this is? And they're all very mystified. We say, it's a gift for you. And, and then we just literally, we've established relationship with the person just by virtue of their serving us. We don't need to spend weeks establishing relationship. Um, it helps that you've just given them a nice tip. Uh, but they, pay, they do pay attention. And uh, we pivot off that because we have our story on the first page of this. This is the life and and message of Jesus. It's in a nice little leather book. We ask people to guess what it is. They always guess it's a journal or something like that. And we say, no, actually, this is about the person who transformed our lives. We were, we were totally and utterly unfulfilled, experiencing great success by the world's standards. And, uh, and this person uh, changed our lives. And I don't know if you're looking for fulfillment, but if you are, 
This is the answer, and so we, we give this out to everybody. I was picking up something at the jewelers yesterday, a, a watch, and uh, the, the fellow um, uh, did a great job. He actually refurbished Mary's watch. It looked better than new. He was very proud of it. I said, thank you so much. You have a real spirit of excellence, and I really want to bless you with this. Immediately just got into this, gave him the book. He thanked me profusely. We've had people ask us if they can pay for it. Uh, you know, so, so um, to uh, and, and and I mean, Mary, we can tell you lots of stories about praying for people who are not of faith, um, and you know, miracles occur. One of my former business partners um, came in one day, and he said, "I'm having pain. I like I can't believe this pain." He had uh, the shingles right in his face. He says, "I cannot believe this pain," uh, and. He knows I'm a follower of Jesus because my first rule in business is I make everybody aware, first thing, I'm a follower of Jesus. Not a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And that makes me accountable to them. And uh, then they understand where I'm coming from. But I said to Tony, I said, well, Tony, as you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. He answers prayers. Would you like me to pray? He said, please do. Um, the next day he came in, the pain had totally disappeared. So, you know, there's just many, I mean, we're called to, to live, we're called to live an exchange life, not a change life. We're, my constant challenge is to let Jesus live through me. Um, but that's brilliant. Kelly? I just have one story. And it's just an example of so many ways in which Jesus is so faithful uh, to show up when you share him. But one morning I was out for a run in our neighborhood and uh, praying a bit in the spirit, which I don't always when I'm running, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, stop, I want you to go down to the butcher, get home, go down and buy a couple of steaks. And you know, I thought, well, I wasn't really planning to buy steaks, but I went down to our local butcher and we built a long relationship with him. We love talking with, uh, it's a very warm, uh, you know, friendly uh, place. And the kind of associate, uh, assistant uh, butcher was there who, a woman called Kelly, and she's, uh, we've always enjoyed interacting with her. And she was in tears. She had just tears pouring down her cheeks. I went to buy the steak. She says, I have so much pain in my back. I'm just going home. I can't stand it another minute. And I said, well, he Kelly, uh, would it be okay if we, you know, if I, I think I was alone, if I pray with you, Garth and I always ask for the, for permission, you know, don't just sort of uh, jump on someone. And she knows that we're believers because we shared that. And uh, she, she said, well, yes, please. But, you know, she said, I only ask other for, you know, God to take care of other people. Really, he doesn't need to take care of me. So she had this idea that, and I said, oh, no. I said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants you to ask it. He loves you, and he wants to show his love to you, and he wants you to be well. And uh, she said, wow, I've never thought of it that way. I said, would it be okay if I came behind the counter and laid hands on you? So she let me do it. She was instantly healed, no kidding. And she, it just all the pain left. But here's the thing, is she, she, took, she just accepted Jesus and told everybody, absolutely everyone in that store, her, her boss, everyone, that how much uh, Jesus had done for her. So, and, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm much quieter than that. And then I came back two or three days later uh, uh, before a long weekend, like this weekend, a little bit like this weekend. People were stocking up, you know, uh, meat for the weekend. And she told everybody, you know, right away, as soon as she saw me, she says, I have to tell everybody what happened to me. Jesus healed me, uh, you know, two days ago of a terrible back, and now I feel wonderful. And it completely changed her life. You know, she started just uh, living for God. That's it. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
That's so good. I love these stories, hey? It's building my faith. Um, Sam, I'd like to ask you a little a question about, um, you know, I've heard some really great things about your Connect group and, and what the Lord is also building as you're one anothering each other and, and just seeing transformation happen through relationship, which we know then is also going to bring transformation outside um, into in the world where people are going. Just share with us a little bit about what's been happening in your Connect group and what, what you've been excited about, the transformation that's happening. So right after the first service, uh, up to me and, and she said this. She said, Sam, it's sometimes very discouraging. We could be lost in this world. But then being able to have this fellowship, being able to see the walk of one another in the group encourages us and, you know, it enables us to come back and cling on to the cross. And I've heard many stories like this. One of the members in the group tells, I don't get to be myself uh, in most places where I go, but when I come here, I get to be myself. It encourages me to be, to be myself. And it's, it's these little testimonies like this. We see God working, working in us, encouraging us. I, I see some of the shy people in the group rise up and be bold, prophesy over each other. Um, I see people getting baptized from the group. I see people celebrating each other. Uh, it's just truly incredible what God's been doing. And, uh, you know, we, we just can't thank God enough. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And, and this is the thing. We get to practice. We don't want it to stay inside um, our connect groups, but we get to practice in our connect groups with one another and practice prophesying and laying hands on one another, keep bringing healing. And then from that, get to go and release it into our workplaces and that. Have you got something you want to share, Rashika, in regards I, to that? I think he almost covered everything. Uh, the only point I could say is uh, we had people who would just come and be silent members and then we saw them, you know, trusting us and stepping up and saying, hey, I have a prayer request. Would you pray for my family? Would you pray for my house? So it was nice to see them grow to find trust in us and feel it's a place where, you know, they can bring forth what their requests are, what they're looking for. So though they're small, but they're big changes when you see it on an everyday basis with them. So I think, yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so I have one final question and then we're going to, um, I'd like each of you just to pray for, for everyone, for us all, if that's okay. Um, so my, this is a, this is a tough question, <laughs> maybe not. How do we know when it is the right time to actually speak out and share, share the gospel? Like, so we, we talk about blessing, we talk about fellowshipping, we talk about meeting people's needs and loving, but, but how do we know when it's the right time actually to, to go for it? Go for it, George. I believe that uh, we just need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, if you do it on your own strength or, or at your own time, it's not going to work. And I'm saying this because of a particular experience that I had in China. Um, I was there for business and I was with a client and somehow the client knew that I was a Christian. So on this particular day, Sunday, we were all seated in the boardroom 
of the company, and he had invited some of his top executives. And he was trying to be provocative. There was a translator there. His wife happens to be a Christian, but he doesn't agree with the wife on so many things, and so he's not a believer. And so being provocative, he looked at me and started bemoaning the crisis in the world. Oh, there's this crisis here and crisis there. And why do we even call, think that there is a God and all of that? And as he was bemoaning, he was doing that for almost 10 minutes. And I sat there with my head stooped, praying, Lord, give me the right opportunity. And then the right opportunity came when he was now exhausted of just bitching all over the place. And then I started to speak. And I spoke for about five minutes talking about the love of God. And right after that, as I was speaking, he couldn't sit anymore. He smokes and therefore he lit a cigarette and was moving up and down and up and down in the room. He was so convicted of what was happening that in the end, his wife was crying. Two other people he had invited were crying. And the entire atmosphere changed. And he stood up at the end and said, I am going to run this place with the love of God. This was three years ago. Till today, there is a church in that factory. Come on. That is fantastic. That, what a brilliant story and waiting on the Holy Spirit. With the Holy me. Spirit. Excellent. Garth? Garth, have you got anything you want to share in regards to um, this? Yeah, I just share the gospel everywhere. Like, um, there's a wonderful book called The Ten Second Rule. First of all, I totally agree with what George said. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I think he wants to show himself through us all the time. Um, I think a key is listening to other people always. So we don't whack them over the head with a track or whatever. But if we listen carefully, which in business is fundamental to being successful, invariably people will throw out clues on which you can um, anchor uh, the gospel. And I believe, uh, as we read in the Word, that we overcome the enemy by, you know, our word of testimony. And uh, I always look for a way to hook in my story, uh, but made relevant by a need that they have. Yeah. And uh, this happens very frequently. Um, and I think it just flows. I was interested in the choice of worship music about showing the love of God to everyone. And I believe we're called to love people and the, the greatest way in which we love them is to share the gospel. Because uh, in fact, if I might be so provocative, if we're not filled up with the Holy Spirit and sharing the gospel, it begs the question whether we understand the gospel. Do we understand the destiny of those around us? And so I think we need to be wrecked by that. 
We gain credibility, of course, through the way we live our lives. And in business, I believe you have to operate with excellence all the time. So there's nothing hindering you. They're not looking at you like you're kooky. In fact, you actually have uh, credibility, right? But I, um, we share the gospel a lot. Um, and not everybody receives, but we're not responsible for saving them, right? <laughs> we're not responsible, <laughs> thank goodness. Excellent. So good. I love this wisdom. Brilliant. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here because it's we, we're coming to an end. But I just, how about we just give them all a really warm thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you to each of you for your time and just sharing of of absolute, you know, nuggets and very practical things with us this morning. I'm going to invite all of us to stand and I'm going to have these guys just pray for us. So why don't you just open up your, open up your hands, open up your arms just to receive and we'll get these guys just to release whatever they feel they want to release over us. Okay, go for it guys. Whoever wants to go first. Okay, Rashika, do you want to go first? You can go for it. So, Father God, thank you for this beautiful time. It yes. was so encouraging to hear how, how mightily you're working through all of us, Lord. Lord, we believe you've called us out for the multitudes there, Lord. We believe, Lord, that you're preparing us to receive all the prodigals who are turning back. Prepare our hearts, Jesus, in love, in surrender, Lord. Remove judgments from our hearts so that when they turn to us, we can embrace them with your love. Fill our hearts with love, more and more love. Reveal to us what you say when you mean, or what you mean when you say love them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray and I bless everybody here to receive more and more and more of your love, an overflow of love in everybody's life so that we can pour that out into our neighbors, into our workplaces, into our families and people we meet across. Thank you for you have called us to love, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for the privilege of being your ambassadors of love wherever we are. And my prayer, O oh God, is that for myself and all of us present here today, we would see everyone around us the way you see them, made in your image, the desire of your heart to be in relationship with them. May we be wrecked by your love for them that it flows out of each one of us, wherever we are and whatever situation we find ourselves in the store, uh, in schools, in our businesses, that we are wrecked with the love of the Father for those around us. And it just, and, and I pray also, Lord, that we would be minimized and you would be magnified, that we would live exchanged lives, that we would get out of the way and allow you to minister through us. I praise and thank you for helping us with this in Jesus' awesome name. And Father, we pause to recognize you. We recognize you as a source of strength, the source of wisdom, source of understanding, source of love and source of life. And even so, we want to acknowledge that we are what we are because of you. Without you, we are nothing. 
And so, Lord, we let that sink in so deeply into us and recognize also that just as you did it for us, you want to do it for others. And you have chosen us as instruments, as conduits, to reach out to others, the rest of the world, the people that do not know you. And these are people you love. You loved every one of them and because you, di- you died for every one of them. And so, Lord, help us to recognize the agency around it, this and recognize that your heart cries out for these ones as well. Regardless of their background, regardless of their orientation, their identity, they need you. And you have commissioned us to go out there and touch them. So, Father, help us to do this. Let us stand in that place where we will recognize that our ministry is everywhere we are. Amen. Our workplace is our ministry place. The person that sits next to us in the office is our ministry. Our boss is our ministry. Our ministry is wherever we go. And so we ask that you fill us, you anoint us and send us forth to do the work of the kingdom. And in the end, Father, let the glory all come to you. Yes, Lord. Amen. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.